Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. While some people may not think of beer as an agricultural product, it truly is. Brewers depend heavily on farmers for a consistent supply of grains and hops to ensure the production of quality beer. I'm Charity Seebecker with the Midwest Farm Report. Dan Carey, brewmaster with New Glarus Brewing Company, shares more on how things are going in the brewing industry. But first, we talk about what his relationship with farmers is and how they get crops for production. Hops, we buy in two ways. We have some contracts directly with farmers. We buy mostly in in Yakima, Washington, and in the Willamette Valley of Oregon. We buy hop in Wisconsin from the Wisconsin Hop Growers Exchange Co-op. We also buy hops from Germany and Czech Republic, mainly through hop brokers, and in rare cases, directly from farmers. As far as barley and wheat, we use malted barley and malted wheat. So there's a process that has to happen between the farm and the brewery, and that's called malting. So we buy directly from maltsters, and our maltsters, most of it comes from Manitowoc, Wisconsin, and Shakopee, Minnesota. And so we contract with maltsters. We contract on a yearly basis, amount that we need of wheat and barley and uh, specifications, and uh, they go out and contract with farmers. Most of our Wheat and barley come from the Rocky Mountain area, mostly Idaho, Montana, and Wyoming. We try mainly to stay in the United States. We, in very, very rare cases, we might go to Canada, but we, we try to, I would say, 99% comes from U.S. You mentioned that some of your hops come from overseas. So has there been any effect in how much you're getting from them or how that is happening, your partnership with them, whether that's inflation or other issues and current topics that are happening over there? Um, have you had yeah, to rely more on your partners here? Or how is that going? The U.S. suppliers, um, Wisconsin weather has been great. So our Wisconsin farms, they're small and they're mainly startup farms that they've been only growing hops for maybe five for most 10 years. And they're small farms and they're learning as they go. But we've been blessed with relatively good weather. Uh, Oregon and Washington have had problems with heat and fires, drought, but the hops are very robust. They have good modern breeding. So we haven't really had much problems, but we've had big problems out of Europe. Most of the uh, varieties grown in Europe, particularly in Germany and Czech Republic, are descendants of land race varieties that have been around for hundreds of years. And they're used to uh, cool, relatively damp weather. And of late, I would say maybe one out of every two or one out of every three years in Europe has been really dry and really hot. And since most of those farms don't have irrigation, the crop's really suffering. Yield is down this year, 20-30%, and the quality, the bitterness that we're looking for in hops is also down. So they're having big problems, and they're scrambling with breeding to try to use some American genoplasm to try to breed some more robustness into the hops, but that changes those varieties. So I'm a little bit worried about Europe. The good news is, is the dollar is, at least for importing, the dollar has been very strong against the euro. So generally, prices have been okay, but I suspect that's going to change. Are the events happening in Ukraine impacting you at all in how you're planning for next year even? 
Yes, very much so. So Ukraine and Russia, they don't really grow much malting barley. They grow a lot of wheat and a lot of barley. But if Ukraine, which grows a lot of barley, Russia, which grows a lot of barley and wheat, if they're short, then that means that that short has to be filled by other suppliers. And that kind of has a trickle-down effect to malting barley that... um, uh, maybe farmers might decide to grow wheat instead of barley, and we use a heck of a lot more barley than we use wheat. So barley is pretty much only grown in the United States under contract. And farmers, when they make their planning decisions, uh, maybe they'll, they'll choose wheat. How has inflation and supply chain impacted your business, whether that's getting bottles, caps, or other items needed? Yeah, it's been brutal. I would say that um, I know farmers are facing the same types of things with all of their inputs, fertilizer, et cetera, going up significantly in price. Our biggest price increase has been with cans. There's basically only has been three suppliers of cans in the United States, and a lot of different beverages, seltzers and energy drinks, et cetera, are moving towards cans. So there's been a shortage of cans, and the price went up last year about 60%. Minimum orders have gone to very large amounts. So cans are our biggest price increase, but everything's gone up. Uh, You know, of course, we have to be competitive with labor costs. They've gone up. Our malt costs have gone up 20%. So I would say, on average, our cost of doing business compared to pre-COVID is probably up 20, 25%. How has your labor force been? It takes a lot to be able to make that beer and you need all hands on deck. So how is your labor part as well? You know, my wife and business partner, Deb, always says that uh, I'm an engineer, so I think in terms of technical things. And she says, look, it's not machinery that makes beer. It's people that make beer. And brewing beer is highly technical. You need highly trained people. And most of them are trained in-house. So nowadays, it's obviously a seller's market as far as labor, that people can go anywhere, and uh, particularly maintenance technicians or IT people, they can go anywhere and and kind of write their own meal ticket. So we need to be competitive, uh, not only in our wages, but our benefits, uh, health insurance, of course, it's probably one of our number one costs. Also, we need to make certain that our people feel engaged. You know, in the old days, I'm 62. When I started work, you kind of just kept your mouth shut and, and you just, you know, pushed. And nowadays, people need more than that. They need to feel engaged. They need to be challenged. They need to feel like they're making a difference. So that takes a lot of effort to keep people engaged. But we've done really good. We're, we're fully staffed. We're very blessed in Greene County with people with a very, very strong work ethic and loyalty as long as we're good to them. Do you consider yourself an agritourism destination? I would say, firstly, we're a manufacturer. So we put most of our effort into in manufacturing, but people love breweries. People love to go to breweries. They love to to drink beer. So part of our business, and we don't really do a lot of marketing per se, so having people come to our gift shop, have a beer, buy a T-shirt, walk around the brewery is really a great way for us to interface with our customers. So 100% yes, we are uh, agritourism. Um, beer has been marketed as sort of an industrial commodity, but it's really the end product of, of agriculture. So very much so. You know, I mean, the wine business has done a great job of presenting themselves as an agricultural product, and beer has not done such a good job at that, but we certainly are an agricultural product. 
What efforts do you make to be environmentally friendly? That's an ongoing process. I think true responsibility, it's good business, first of all, because if you're efficient with your raw materials, whether they're your barley and hops or water or natural gas or labor, you're going to be more competitive. You're going to be more profitable as a company. So I think that us being good stewards allows us to do that. And then secondly, it's a moral responsibility that, you know, obviously we need to take care of our diminishing resources for the future. We see ourselves as a company that's going to hopefully be around for hundreds of years. So we have to do a good job. For example, brewing fermentation produces CO2 gas and storage we vented that to atmosphere, and now we're putting in a machine to collect that CO2, compress it into a gas, and reuse it in the brewing process instead of buying CO2, and that, I think, is kind of a big deal. I'm very proud of that. We also do a lot of energy recovery. We have to boil the beer in the process, and that energy is recovered and reused, so we put a lot of effort in trying to get as much out of the process as we can. How many batches of beer do you make in a typical month or year? We make probably 10 a day, 50 a week. Um, of course, we sell less in the winter than we do in the summer. So 50 a week, say um, 2,000. So how do you choose what style or types to brew? Is it dependent on the crafts that you can get or like availability of it? Or is it just your preference? No, it's the exact opposite. We decide on a beer, on a recipe, and then we go out and try to find the raw materials for it. But the main driver is obvious that it depends on what people will buy. If people don't buy your beer, you're just a glorified home brewer. So we have to make beer that people will drink. And that sounds obvious, but it's not so easy. Flavor is complex. Beer is complex. And the difference between a beer that has drinkability versus a beer that doesn't sometimes not obvious. And what I mean by drinkable is when you have a good beer and you sit down after a day, you worked hard all day, you come home and you have a beer and you look down and your glass goes empty quicker than you would expect. That's a good drinkable beer. And we strive for that continuously. And um, trying to find the beer style that will resonate with people is not so easy. It's not so obvious. So, you know, we've made hundreds of different beer styles. What are things that you have to think about that other businesses may not? As a manufacturer, like all manufacturing businesses, we have to think about our machinery and maintenance of our machinery, what type of machinery to buy, and how to be as efficient as possible with the machinery we have. Finding maintenance technicians is difficult. So sometimes when people buy machines, they look for the cheapest price. You're better off to look at the total cost of ownership of when you buy machinery. As a manufacturer, we're different than, say, someone who's a wholesaler or someone who's a retailer, because like a farmer, we have to create something out of nothing and conjure something, and that's sometimes not so easy. That was Dan Carey, brewmaster of New Glarus Brewing Company. They offer tours Monday through Friday where you can continue to learn more and try their different handcrafted beers. From the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Charity Seebecker.